where we are in the middle of our summer series called Summer in the Psalms, and we have chosen a few of the Psalms to walk through on this journey. What I love about the Psalms is that the Psalms are real. They're just real words uh, from the heart, from the emotion. Uh, A lot of the Psalms are written in in a way that obviously glorifies and edifies the name of the Lord. But a lot of the Psalms are also from the heart, gut-wrenching, just confessions and just honesty. And sometimes we have to face the Lord with honesty. We just have to come before him and to be able to say, you know, God, I, I just need to be real. I don't understand these kinds of things that are happening in my life. I don't understand what this is saying in my life. I don't, it feels like, Lord, that you're far away from me. I mean, don't, those are real thoughts and real emotions that, you know what, God can handle. He can definitely handle that. And so what I love about Psalms is that Psalms aren't words written from God through prophets. They're words from man, to, uh, from mankind, written, written towards God, written to God, about God. And so that's what I love about the, about the Psalms. And so today we're gonna be in Psalm 121. So if you have your copy of God's Word, we'd love for you to be able to turn to that. If you don't, the words are gonna be on the uh, uh, screen and uh, for those who are watching online as well. But Psalm 121 is where we're going to camp out uh, today. And this Psalm 121 is actually part of a larger group of Psalms, sort of a, a, an album of, of Psalms. And it's called the Songs of the, of the Ascents. Psalms of the Ascent. Now, these psalms were sung by those traveling to Jerusalem for the, the, the three great feasts there in Jerusalem. And so they, they are basically travel songs as people made the journey uh, towards Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is set up on a hill, even surrounded by hills. And so literally, they're, they're looking their eyes up towards, uh, towards the hill, towards Jerusalem. As they're making their way and they're journeying, they're, they're singing these kinds of psalms or songs. And so the uh, psalms of the ascent uh, were uh, very intentional for people to use while they traveled. And ha- have, you ever, ha- have you ever been on a road trip? I mean, I would imagine most people in this room watching online, you probably have been on a road trip. In fact, there are some people, maybe you're on a road trip right now and you're watching online. Hopefully you're not driving and watching. But if you uh, have ever been on a road trip, you know you need some supplies. Now, uh, the Bennett family has been on some uh, small road trips. We've been on some large road trips a few years ago. Uh, we went to, uh, drove to, uh, out west to Colorado, and um, that was fun <laughs> in the car with uh, eight people traveling. Um, and then we also went to Washington, D.C. a couple of years um, during July 4th. So we've done some pretty uh, big road trips. But what we have learned, and you probably have as well, there, there are some very important supplies that you need on the road trip. Now, you need something for the kids to do, so you need some snacks. Okay, so you've got to have lots of these kinds of snacks. Now, I think we had like three bags of these because when the kids get bored, you just want them to kind of eat something, right? So you have those. Uh, Our kids really like the oatmeal cream pies and the Little Debbie. Nothing wrong with the Little Debbies. I hope there are Little Debbies in heaven. 
because those are awesome. I can't have those anymore because I'm getting old. Um, but you also want to be able to have things for them to do, okay? You want to have some movies for them, uh, for them to watch. Uh, and I, I don't know about you, when I was growing up and we did big road trips, there was nothing like this to watch, nothing. No phone, we just put our head against the window and just watched and counted telephone poles or looked to see what the shapes are in the clouds. Those kinds of things. But you got to have things like this uh, for kids to do because if not, it's going to drive you crazy. But you also need to be able to um, have, you know, more educational things like things for you know, kids to read and maybe a little Percy Jackson, something from mom to read, you know, because mom's in the seat next door to you. And so it's good to have those kinds of things. And, uh, but you also need things like headphones. Yeah, we love these right? Because kids can just sort of shape, uh, escape in their own little world, and they can listen and maybe even listen to the movie that's, that's being played. But headphones are a great thing, uh, and you need uh, things uh, such as wet wipes, baby wipes. You need this a lot. You need uh, one of my favorite things, just trash bags, because I don't like trash in my car, okay? Because all these snacks create trash, and so it's really important uh, to, uh, to do that. And uh, charger, right? iPhone charger, you need, you need a phone charger. This is a, uh, a, is a must for that. Um, this, definitely, you never know, folks. You just never, never know what's gonna happen. And this right here is, um, kids, this is called a map. We used to use these to get around everywhere. <laughs> I have not even opened one of these up in years. I don't even know how to fold this. Okay, there it goes. And so this map will show you where to go. And you can kind of look at it, spread it out, and you would actually used to plan your trip this way. Now, literally, I mean, when we drove to Washington, D.C., uh, my wife asked me, she goes, well, do you know how to get there? I was like, well, I'm about to find out. You know, White House, take me there. And we're good, you know? You just follow it. And so, but you need some sort of map, navigational device. You need something like that. And so you have all of these things that you need for a road trip. But, you know, growing up, a lot, a lot of that we didn't have growing up. And so you would just sing songs. Some of you folks my age and older, do you ever remember going on a road trip and singing songs? Okay, some of y'all? Okay, you just sing songs. You know, and then you then you realize how nerdy your parents really are uh, with some of the songs that they uh, came up with or some of the songs you would, uh, you would sing and go on and on and on. And so, but what about, what about the Israelites? As they traveled to Jerusalem, when this, when this was written, when the, when the psalm was written, Psalm 121, what did people have? They didn't have this kind of stuff. They didn't have any of this kind of stuff to keep them occupied as they walked and made that journey, maybe rode some donkeys there. What did they do? Well, they sang songs to sort of pass the time. And so sort of the, uh, the top 10 hits of, of, uh, of songs that they would sing, Psalm 121 was one of those. So what does this psalm have in it that was so good for the children of Israel for, for, the, for the Hebrews to use while they made this journey. And more importantly, here's a more important question. What does that have to do with us? Okay, you may read these words and say, okay, that, that's great. I understand that's good for them. But what does it have to do with me? Why is it important today? Why is it still in print and we're reading it today? Well, we 
hope to answer that question. So let's read together. It's just eight verses long. Psalm 121, starting with verse one. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. You know, I would be a fool not to recognize that there are people in here live or watching online who, who don't go through troubles and trials and junk in their life. We, we've, we've all been there. This, is, this has actually been a, a difficult year even for me. I mean, 2020 was a breeze compared to what 2021 is. I mean, there are some, there are some things that happened personally in my life. Today, three months ago today, my, my mother passed away unexpectedly uh, the same uh, weekend as, my, as our oldest daughter was getting married. Some of y'all were even there for that event. And that was, that was really tough for me. Right now, we have a, a church office that has been donated to us, a big modular building, 2,500 square feet, foot uh, office complex on our 20 acres of land right here in Emerson. Bless the Lord, but it's in three pieces sitting there, and we are still working with the proper authorities to make sure we could put it together and it's all gonna work. And with all the inspections and the code and everything, and I've just had to give that over to the Lord. I've literally had to say, Lord, this was your idea, literally buying the land in, in the way that we were able to buy it was all God's idea. Someone gifting this building to us was God's idea, and literally I've had to tell the Lord, Lord, this belongs to you, and it's your problem, and I need you to take care of it. You know, sometimes you just need to come to a point to where you do that. Some, sometimes in your marriage, and your finances, and your health, you just need to be able to say, Lord, I, I can't handle this. I can't carry this on my own. This belongs to you and you alone. You, I need you to handle this. Now, obviously, there are some things in our life that we, we've got to, uh, to carry, but we were not meant to carry on our own. We've got to give them over to the Lord. And so many of us go through some trials in our life, much like a road trip. You take a long road trip, you're gonna have issues. You're gonna have flat tires. You're gonna have some things happen in your car. You're gonna get lost. Trust me, it happens. But it happens in the journey of life. And so this Psalm 121 could be a Psalm for the journey of life. And it teaches us about some attributes about God. And so what are some of those attributes? Today I wanna pick apart four of those attributes about God. We see first that we have the presence of God along this journey. The temple in Jerusalem was the dwelling place of God Almighty. The glory cloud in the Holy of Holies in the temple signifies the Lord's presence among his people. 
The city of Jerusalem, as I said earlier, was situated on a hill surrounded by mountains. So when the Jews and other parts of, of Israel and beyond needed divine help, they looked their eyes towards the hills. To them, it was the same as, as looking towards the Lord. I remember four years ago this summer, we, uh, as I said earlier, our family uh, traveled to Colorado Springs. And to get to Colorado from here, the best route to take is through Kansas. And Kansas, I'm just telling you, when you decide to go through Kansas, you, you need to be ready for nothing. Nothing at all. Just nothing. And it's really, really, really difficult. And so as we're, as we're driving through Kansas, Kansas was so difficult. No hills, no trees, no signs of life. And, and the whole time, you know what we're doing? We're looking west. We're looking for what? Mountains. Right? Because we know that's where we're going. Our ultimate destination is the Colorado Rockies. And so we're constantly looking out west. It's like, okay, are those clouds or are those mountains? What, what, what is that up in the distance? And as you drive closer, you're like, okay, those are clouds. But I know there's going to be mountains. So you're constantly looking. And then when you cross from Kansas to Colorado, you're like, yes, we have, we have mountains. It's, it's going to happen. But no, because east, eastern Colorado looks a lot like Kansas and so you're thinking, I'm in Colorado, and all of a sudden, the mountains are just going to appear out of nowhere, and boom. But no, you've got to travel a little bit further, and you're constantly looking. And then when they finally start appearing, you realize, wow, are those really mountains? Because they go all the way into the moon, it seems like. And then as you're traveling through the mountains and you're finally settled in the midst of the Rocky Mountains, you are completely surrounded by the presence of those mountains, by the beauty, by the power and the majesty of what those mountains represent. And you're like, yes, we are finally here. Just like traveling through Kansas, our life can look like that. Our life can look like a Kansas, lifeless terrain. Do you ever, you ever felt like your marriage has some lifeless terrain in it, your, your, your finances, your relationships, your, your, your health, just stuff in your life. It just feels like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like driving through Kansas right now. I have this, this journey in my life just feels like it's blah. When am I going to start seeing some mountains? So when you are, when you are in that Kansas, look to the Lord, keep looking towards the, the, the mountains for the massive presence of God in those situations. Don't keep looking down at your Kansas situations. Keep looking towards help. My eyes are set on the mountains. Where what? My help of the Lord comes from. Don't waddle in your pain, in your shame. Don't settle for Kansas. Don't stop and say, you know what? This is how my life is. I'm just gonna stop here. No, keep moving forward towards the mountains of Europe, towards the Lord. Keep marching towards the Lord. Keep searching in God's word. 
You're not gonna understand all this. I don't understand all this. That's okay. But the more that you're surrounded by the mountains, by the word of God, by the presence of God in your life, the more that you're gonna understand the power of your God in your life and the more that you're gonna see in what God wants to do in your life and to bring new life. So don't settle in Kansas. Now, if you're from Kansas, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just using it as an analogy, okay? You might be, you might love Kansas. If you're watching from Kansas, we love you. Thank you. But just don't settle in Kansas, okay? Keep going towards the mountains. So we see the presence of God until you see the presence of God all around you like the Rocky Mountain. So the, the psalm shows us the presence of God, this particular psalm, but it also shows the persistence of God. God is persistent to watch over you. We see that in, uh, in verse two there. I'm sorry, verse three and four. It says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He is so persistent in your life that God is not even gonna take a nap. He's not going to sleep. When you are tired from your journey through Kansas, God is wide awake. And I'm telling you something. Driving through Kansas, because I've done it, when your wife is sleeping beside you and all the kids are sleeping behind you and you're driving through Kansas and you're like, oh dear God, please help me. I don't wanna kill my family. I just wanna stay wide awake. And even though you're tired and, and you're of, of just seeing the same things in your life, the same lifeless characteristics in your life, and you're sitting there, and you're just like, Lord, <laughs> I don't know if I can keep going. Know this, God is not asleep. He is not asleep, he is wide awake. He is looking out for you in your life, in the lifeless situation that you may be in. And, and you may not even be in that situation, but let me tell you, there's gonna be seasons in your life coming up where it very well could happen. And you, you just need a God who is alive and he's persistent to watch over you. He's not asleep through your pain of relationships or loneliness. He's not asleep through your health crisis. He is right there in the middle of your Kansas. When you feel most abandoned, he is there. God watches over you on your journey to provide what you need even when you don't need it. And that's the reason why God is not asleep. God knows what you need even before you need it on your journey. On that same trip from Colorado, on our way back home, we actually went a different way. We didn't go through Kansas, praise the Lord. We went through Texas, which parts of Texas kind of looks like Kansas. <laughs> Around the Panhandle, Amarillo, Lubbock, and it's like, okay, well, this kind of looks like Kansas, but maybe it won't last as long, but we're still traveling through, and we're in the middle of nowhere, nowhere in Texas, somewhere in the Panhandle, and all of a sudden, all the gauges on our Ford um, expedition started going crazy. Everything started shutting down. And it's like, what in the world is going on with this? And so we're losing everything. Everything's going, uh, going to zero. Even my speedometer doesn't work. And I'm like, 
Okay, so we see this one exit. It's the only exit we can find. And so we get off, and this town is, it's like Radiator Springs. You know, it's like, what's here? There's nothing here. But we have to get off because we, we're gonna be stranded on the side of the road with no help. And so we get off and, and we go uh, through this town and it's, I mean, it's like a, a one or two light town and we finally get there and one of my kids spots something that I didn't see and I, I really believe God just put it there for that day. It was a Ford dealership in the middle of nowhere. I don't know how they're selling cars because I think there's more cars on the lot than people are driving around town. But this Ford dealership, God put that there for a reason. And so we go into Ford dealership and we literally drive up to the service station as they're literally pulling down the, you know, the, the big gate to the service department. And I, I get out and I stop. And these guys, I don't know their names, just kind of call them Ben, ben and Jerry. Uh, ben and Jerry are there and they are, are the nicest men and they help us in our situation. I mean, it's six o'clock and I think it's even a Friday, and we are just like, we just need some help. And so they stay like a couple of more hours. Get, and the problem was the alternator. And so we were able to uh, get the alternator in. We give them high fives, and we take a picture and all this stuff, and it's a great moment. And, and so we, we go on down the road. And, and I'm looking at the map later because I think by the time I get home, we're back um, in a, maybe a place to settle for the, for the uh, night or maybe back in Georgia. At some point, I'm looking at our map and, and where we were, and, and I'm telling you, there is nowhere where there's any kind of parts so, uh, service department for automobiles, except for that particular spot, for miles, God knew that we needed an alternator, and God's like, oh, let me help you with this. Touch the car, alternator, oh, you may want to get off at this exit. Oh, there's a Ford dealership in this little bitty town. And so God was there, and God provided a place for a car to be fixed on our journey. Can I tell you something? It's very similar to your life journey. When it feels like the wheels are falling off, when it feels like the gauges of your life are shutting down, and you feel like you're all alone in the middle of nowhere, God's gonna provide you some help. God's gonna provide a way, why? Because he is persistent to watch over you. He is not asleep. He is not taking a nap in the middle of your Kansas. He's gonna provide, and he's gonna make sure your foot is not slipping, just like it says in, the, in, um, in those verses, verses three and four. He's gonna make sure you've got a strong foothold, and when it feels like things are not going well, he's gonna provide a way, because he watches out for you he loves you. He is persistent. So this, this psalm teaches about the presence of God, about him, him being persistent in our life. And verses five through six talks about the protection of God. Verses five through six, as a reminder, says this. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Day travel, during this time when it was written, day travel was unsafe because of the severe sun 
Night travel was unsafe because of wild animals and, you know, um, uh, bandits and, and, and robbers and thieves. These words would have spoken exactly to the readers who would have understood. God is our shade of protection from the sun and a protector from what may appear when the moon is out, when it's dark in our darkest times. God longs to protect you from the scorching heat of what others might be saying on your walk of life. He also longs to protect you from the fears when walking in this dark world. You and I, we have fears just circling in our head. I have fears circling in my head. And it can cause other issues. It can cause anxiety. It can cause health issues. And I'm even working through some of that now. But I've learned, I'm learning to trust in the Lord to calm those fears in the darkest of times. I would encourage you to trust in the Lord in those darkest of seasons. When, when you get that bad health diagnosis, when a loved one suddenly passes away, when, when you, you, your, your family is you know, starting to move to their positions of life and you're missing them, when things aren't going well at work that you really thought was gonna go well, I mean, all of those things I mentioned, they've happened to me over the past several months. And so you face your own sort of dark times. And so this psalm has helped me, and I, I hope it would help you as well, and it's helped millions of people throughout the years to understand that, look, God is gonna be there when things get hot, when in the heat of the moment, God is going to be there to protect you. He's going to protect you. And he's going to protect you not only in the scorching heat, but in the darkest of times when, when the fear really is spiking in your life. He is going to be there to help you with that. He is going to be there to protect you. A couple of years ago, our oldest daughter, Madison, she's, uh, she's married now. Uh, her and Michael live in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, Madison is a very outdoorsy. They both are. Madison's very uh, outdoorsy. She got an outdoor leadership degree. And she, uh, several years, had worked at this particular camp. And so um, one night, Madison had to... Um, put some things up into a storage building at campground. And this, this storage building was kind of um, away from camp a little bit, so she went by herself to put some stuff or, or to get some stuff in this storage building. And she noticed when she got close to the storage building, she heard some, like, this faint baby cry. It's kind of weird. And then but she also heard, like, this thumping sound, like somebody was jumping on the ground. It's kind of weird. So she got what she needed and put some stuff away and she, she walked back to the camp. Well, she found out the next morning as she heard some of the camp directors talking because obviously she was on staff and she heard that 
local authorities were in search of a black panther in the area, in North Carolina. And so this, this black panther uh, was spotted in the area, and Madison started asking questions. What, is a, what does a black panther sound like I mean, when it makes a noise? Well, it kind of sounds like a faint baby's cry when it's kind of meowing, I guess. And, and then um, she started asking questions. Well, I heard that. And they said, did you, did you hear anything else? She goes, yeah, I, I heard like thumping, like someone was jumping. Well, one of the guys in, in the camp said, well, that was the tail of the Black Panther. Evidently, this panther was lying down near where Madison was and was thumping its tail. She got a really life example of the protection of God. And I do believe, my hope is that the same angels that were shutting the mouths of the lions with Daniel was also shutting the, the, uh, the mouth of this cat in North Carolina. And God protected her at night when she didn't even know what was there. Do you know that there are things in your life in the darkest of night that you don't even know that are there, that God is protecting you from. It, it may not be a black panther. If it is a black panther, you need to move. But, but there are things in your life that can harm you in the darkest of nights. And God is there to protect you from that. And God uses his word. This is why it's so important that you, that you hold his word close to your heart, meaning you open it up, you read it, and you let it sink in. That you get around other believers and that you're able to, to, to spend time in prayer and, and the protection of the Lord can be there with you. God is protecting you both day and night. And so this psalm teaches us that we can go up towards the mountains where my help comes from, and be surrounded by the presence of God because his presence is there. I believe his presence is here, right here in this service. And so this, this presence can feel like, a, like you're in the, the cleft of the mountains, the protection of the mountains. And also we learn in this psalm that God watches over you who never tires, who never sleeps. He is persistent Always, 24-7, you look up persistence, it's, it's 24-7, it's 24 hours a day. And also he's there protecting you. And the last thing we see in verse seven, is eight, seven and eight, God's preservation of your life. Verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Not when you're 30, not when you're 40, not when you're 50, not when you're sick. He's going to watch over your life, over your coming and your going, both now and forever. And your coming and your going. What coming and going means in your transitions of life. Coming and going, that is the transitions of life. Don't we all know we have transitions in life? We have transitions in life. A marriage, that's a transition in life. A job change, transition in life. 
moving to a new location, transition to life, a new baby, a second baby, a third, <laughs> fourth, uh, Joe Salvatore, our student pastor, and his wife are, are experiencing that with a third baby, more transitions in life as they just had that child. Health diagnosis, transitions in life. Do you know it's in the transitions of life where, where we can move away from the Lord the easiest? It is. It is. And, and, and I have talked to many people in their life, and I'm not saying I, I, I've never done this because I have. It's so easy to do, to fall to the trap of, of you know, we're, we're, we're still working through some things in transition. We're gonna, we're gonna get back to church. I'm gonna get back to reading God's word. I, I'm gonna get back to praying. I'm gonna get, get back to fellowship. I'm gonna get back to growing in the Lord. And many people just wait and they linger where they are. They settle in Kansas and they never get to the mountains where the real life happens, where the, the richness of life and you're there in the, in the presence of the Lord. And so... God is a God who preserves you. He wants to preserve you your whole life, even during the transitions of life, when things connect, when one thing in your life connects to another thing in life, and those transitions, he wants to be there. And he is there to preserve you along those transitions. It's usually in those transitions that we struggle. But can I tell you something? I think God, one of the ways God preserves our life during those transitions is with the church. The church. That's why the church is there. That's why there's a, there's a church in, in, in pretty much every town. Wherever you move, you're gonna find a church. Now, a church is not a building. It's a, it's a meeting of godly people. You move to China. There's churches in China, <laughs> lots of them. They may not be in a, you know, a church building. Some of them might be, but most of them aren't. But no matter where you live in this world, you're gonna be able to find a church. Here today is a church. And so during the transitions of life, it's important to have a church to be able to, to grow and to help you in those transitions of life. When we are surrounded by other believers, our faith is preserved, our trust in the Lord is preserved, our strength is preserved. Because let me tell you this, Satan knows you need the church to help preserve you, especially during the transitions of life. Satan knows that. Ah, there's a transition in life. Hmm. Let me see if I can pull them out of church a little bit. Make that, make that season of, of not being in a church last a long time. Let me tell you something. You need a church. You need to be in church. Now, I know we have several people who are on vacation. Lots of people, some on vacation that are watching live right now. But I'm talking about on a consistent basis that transition of not being a part of church. We need the church the most. Because it's like a road trip. It's like a road trip. 
I would not have liked to have driven from Atlanta, Georgia to Colorado Springs by myself. It, it helps. It helps. Now I'm at the age where I'm, I mean, I could, I could drive more. In fact, I recently, we recently went on a trip, me and three of my boys, from here to Houston, as the Houston Astros were honoring my mom at one of their games for ALS Day, and it was awesome. But guess what? I didn't drive at all. I sat in the back seat. In fact, get this, I even slept while one of my boys were driving. <laughs> that is trust. But a, a road trip is much easier when you're with others. When you're with other people who can help keep you awake, keep you alert. Can a lot of times Susanna be feeding me snacks, right? She gets all this stuff. You know, when I, you know, give me some some soft drinks open and you know and stuff. Hey, try this, you know, stay awake, right? Or or when it's somebody else's turn to drive. You're able to get that trip in so much easier. Why? Because you're with others. It's the same with a body of believers. Don't be taking a road trip of life by yourself. You need the church. Somebody say amen. Come on. You need the church. You need the church. We all need the church. We need to be together. We spent too much. We spent a, a year of this weird, non, you know, people, not everybody coming back to church. Okay, we need to be done with that. When school starts up in the fall, we need to get back into church. Just somewhere. And, 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 and I know some of you here today, you might belong to another church and, and, and you might be uh, here just visiting. And that's fine, that's great. But you need to get involved somewhere in a church on a consistent basis. Get to know the pastor's name. If you don't know the pastor's name, you, you're not a member of that church. You're not a faithful attender of that church. Get to know the pastors, okay? Know that my name is Frank Bennett. I'm the pastor of Lake Point Church. If you're part of this church, see, I, I attend Lake Point Church, and I, I, I have lots of friends there, and, and Pastor Frank Bennett is there, and his wife, Suzanne, and, and it's, a, it's a great church, but it's not perfect, because we're far from perfect, but know this, we try to love the Lord and show that every time we can and help grow people, worship the Lord, lift up the name of Jesus. But you need the church. Stop taking your journey of life on your own. Right? Amen. Say it again. Come on, be with me. We can't do this on our own. I can't do this on, your own, on our own. And what I love is the fact that during this season, so far of 2021, when I needed people praying for me, lifting me up and being with me and, and, and sending cards and just whatever, my church was there. My church was there. So I felt what a lot of people feel a lot of times when they're in their transitions of life, I felt that firsthand, and I loved it. When the shepherd becomes a sheep and gets the love of other sheep, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it.
But as your shepherd, I'm here, we're here, to do everything we can to help you in your transition of life, in your journey of life. Don't be doing this on your own. This Psalm 121, I want you to go back and read it again this week. Meditate on it. It's not long, but God is there to be your present God. He's there. He, he's in your midst. He's present like the mountains. And you need to go to the mountains, the mountain of the Lord right here, on your knees in prayer. In church, that's the mountain of the Lord. And know this, God is persistent to watch over you. Even give you things, provide for things that you need that you don't even know you need. And he's there to protect you even in the darkest of night. When those things are ready to, to pounce on you, he's there to shut the mouth of your enemy. And God is also there to preserve your life from the womb to the tomb. He's there to preserve your life and throughout your transitions of life. But can I tell you something? You gotta trust in him. You gotta trust in him. That's really all your part, to be able to say, you know, I can't, I can't drive on my own. I can't take this road trip by myself. I'll never survive. I need, I need a co-pilot. I need other people with me. And most importantly, I need Jesus. I need Jesus with me. Whether you're here today or watching online, I'm about to give you that opportunity to accept Jesus into your life and say, Jesus, I, I need you to be with me the whole time, and I need you, Jesus. I'm tired of doing this trip on my own. I'm, I'm getting lost. I don't know how to fix my life, much like fixing my car. I, I don't know what to do. I'm all alone. I don't have anybody with me on this trip. I need you, Lord Jesus. And he is ready to come alongside you. But can I tell you something? He's not gonna open the car door and come in by, on his own. You've gotta let him in. But he's tapping on the window of your car saying, hello, he's tapping on the window, the passenger side, let me in. Would you let me in? But you're the one who has to unlock the door, open the door, and let him come in for your road trip of life. Could you do me a favor? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and we're coming to a very important part of our service, and I would like to um, just to leave as, as many distractions away as possible. And if, if you're here today, if you accept the Christ as Savior, I want you to make sure that you are praying for the Holy Spirit to move in this service here today. We're gonna give you an opportunity to open that car door and invite Jesus into your life and to be part of your co-pilot. Let me tell you, your, your seat has been prayed over today, and I wanna make sure that God has an opportunity to come in and be a part. So we're just gonna take two more minutes and we're done. But focus in on what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. If you're sitting here today and you have never accepted Christ as Savior and you are, are tired of just doing this life on your own 
and you need Christ to be with you. You may not understand it all, and you're not gonna understand it all right here today, but you gotta start this journey with a co-pilot. If you're ready to do that today, and you're ready to say that prayer and invite him to be Lord and Savior, no one looking around, just, just raise your hand right here where you're at. Just simply raise your hand if you're ready to accept Christ as Savior, to say that prayer here today. And maybe you're not ready to raise that right hand, but you can still say that prayer here today. So it goes like this. Just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus for me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I believe you died for me, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Please help me to trust in you. I confess my sin to you. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Be my co-driver. I invite you into my life. Please guide me along this life journey. I surrender my life to you. I give it all to you, so take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, awesome. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you're watching online, you could just send me a, an email at pastor at lakepointonline.com or you could send it uh, to frank at lakepointonline.com, either way. And if you're here today, I'm gonna be in the lobby. I'd love to be able to uh, hear how God, um, how you invited Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. And if so, we do have a card for you to fill out there at, um, at the um, connection point, and you can fill that out, and we'll be able to follow that up with you. But know this, God has a plan for your life on this journey of life. Do not do this on your own. And the transitions of your life, it's gonna happen. And I know many, many people are still on their journey of the summer, and um, our family, if you be in prayer, our family is gonna be uh, traveling a little bit uh, this next week. We, we will be back next Sunday. I can't wait to be preaching uh, through the next psalm and would love to invite you back. Uh, even our first time guests, would love for you to come back if you don't have a church home. And uh, just know that we're praying for you, for God to protect you on this journey, for those who are watching online. And I can't wait for everybody to be back when uh, the fall hits. And please mark on your calendar, August 29th, I know that's a little ways away from now, but August 29th, church picnic and baptism, you don't wanna miss it. Love you guys, we'll see y'all next week.